Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Don't let winter's chill keep you indoors. Ocean State Bird Club is hosting lots of free winter walks to see magnificent harlequin ducks, razor bills, and maybe even a snowy owl. Visit our website at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org for more information and follow us on Facebook. If you become a member, you'll also get our quarterly newsletter, Ocean State Bird Club. Morning. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 716. A couple of springs ago... We had the pleasure of listening to this crazy, amazing sound. It's the sound of hundreds of thousands of sandhill cranes getting ready for takeoff from the shallows and sandbars of the Platte River in central Nebraska, their major stopover spot on their way to their far north breeding grounds. And although it's still only February, those sounds are beginning to be heard there again. We had the pleasure of witnessing that incredible phenomenon a couple of falls ago, and it really is something that deserves a spot on every bird watcher's list of must-do experiences. The Nebraska-based Crane Trust and the Roe Audubon Sanctuary, that's R-O-W-E, are a couple of great places to connect with to find out more about it. Well, out there in the Midway Atoll in the Pacific Ocean, that publicity-seeking Laysan albatross named Wisdom, considered to be the oldest known wild bird on the planet, at least 68 years old, has done it again. We learned a while back that she had laid another egg. Well, now we learn that that egg has hatched and she and her mate are nurturing their new nestling. Wisdom was originally banded by famous ornithologist Chandler Robbins, whom we name-dropped on last week's show, 1956, when she was believed to already be more than five years old. During her lifetime, Wisdom and her mate, or more likely mates, considering her age, have raised more than three dozen chicks. Extra amazing, considering that albatrosses lay only one egg per year. Meanwhile, crows are showing off their intelligence again. Alex Taylor writing on the sciencealert.com website recalls how in 2002 he watched Betty, a new Caledonian crow, fashion a hook from a piece of wire and use it to pull a small container of meat from a tube. He wondered how this crow could use a tool this way given that the bird was separated from humans by 620 million years of independent evolution. He says his latest research, published earlier this month, helps answer this question And he says it provides conclusive evidence that like a chess player thinking several moves ahead, New Caledonian crows can plan out a sequence of three behaviors while using tools in order to solve a problem. Check out our Facebook page to see how Taylor's team uncovered that evidence of crows planning like a chess player three steps ahead. We have two stories that will be of special interest to all who drive and or love the idea of non-polluting electric vehicles. First, from Portugal. little Portuguese fado music, please. A bird touring company called Evoa is now doing some of their guided bird tours by electric bus. 
In an email exchange, the company's Andrea Silva tells us that the silent bus carries 14 visitors at a time. Among the viewing blinds that are set up around their lakes in the Tagus Estuary National Reserve near Lisbon. Pretty cool. And here in the U.S., we've all seen those school buses with the Bluebird logo on them, right? Bluebird is a big American bus manufacturer, and they're taking their new electric buses on the road to school districts and fleet operators around the country to try to convince them to go electric. Bluebird says the buses should be able to achieve about 100 to 120 miles of range on a single charge, which is generally plenty for most school bus routes. And they say they've already received orders for their electric buses from many school districts around the U.S. Also pretty cool. That is not a bluebird, nor a new Caledonian crow. It's our mystery bird. This is our mystery bird contest preview. We'll be doing the actual contest a little bit later on in the show, but we wanted to give you a little um, kind of a heads up, a little um, preview here to be ready for the contest in just a bit. Our mystery bird is about a foot and a half long, has a rounded head, a thick yellow-green bill, and a bulky, very dark brown body. Our bird could be said to lack focus and long-term commitment. In other words, it's a dabbler, feeding on things like seeds and roots and stems, aquatic plants, aquatic insects, crustaceans, mollusks, and some fish. Our bird breeds in Canada and northeast parts of the U.S. and winters over most of the eastern half of the U.S. That's our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees' new generation 13-inch metal finch sock. It combines the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal. And it holds a full pound of niger seed, a.k.a. thistle seed. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. It's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Those are the prizes, and that's our little preview. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Early spring and beautiful birds have come to South Texas brush country. We'll connect you to a video about it from Richard Moore's Outdoor Report. The bad news, African gray parrots are among the most trafficked birds in the world with the help of airlines. The good news, Turkish Airlines, identified as one of the worst enablers, has now placed a global embargo on the transport of African greys. We'll connect you to that story, courtesy of the environmental news website, mongabay.com. And the Potomac Valley Audubon Society's Casey Walters suggests that February is not too late to make a resolution to live a green lifestyle, as she describes her attempts at being 12 shades greener. Find her story on our page. And that's some of what is on there on our Facebook page uh, this week. You can also find those stories through an online search. We have a conservation salute of the week, sadly a posthumous salute to the scientist who popularized the term global warming and raised early alarms about climate change. Wallace Smith Broker died in New York this past Monday at the age of 87. An article he wrote in 1975 correctly predicted that rising carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere would lead to pronounced warming. He later became the first person to recognize what he called the ocean conveyor belt, 
It's a global network of currents affecting everything from air temperature to rain patterns. He was known in science circles as the Dean of Climate Scientists. A fellow scientist said of him, he saw clearly the unprecedented warming now playing out and made his views clear even when few were willing to listen. So a posthumous Talking Birds conservation salute to Dr. Wallace Smith Broker, the man also known as the grandfather of climate science. We're thankful for Dr. Broker's work, and we're also thankful for our wonderful Talking Birds listeners who become Talking Birds ambassadors and uh, thereby agree to hand out some of our little info cards to their friends, neighbors, fellow birders, co-workers, etc. And thank you, thank you, thank you this morning to Mike Timko from Andover, Massachusetts, a fellow member of the Merrimack Valley Bird Club, by the way. He says, I never miss your show one way or the other. I usually bird with other Talking Birds ambassadors, but now I think I need my own cards to hand out. All right, thank you, Mike. Mike is not only a fellow member of the Merrimack Valley Bird Club, he's also a very talented bird carver, and we are looking forward to posting some photos soon of his beautiful work. Thanks to Joe Atwater from New London, Connecticut. He says, just found your podcast yesterday and have been binging on past episodes. Good luck, Joe. He says, I'm a teacher naturalist for the Connecticut Audubon Society and spend as much time as possible outside searching for birds and educating people on the joys and importance of bird watching. I'll now be recommending your show to everyone who birds with me. Thank you, Joe. And we also heard from a couple of uh, ambassadors who've been with us for a little while. Uh, Brad Arnell in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. He says the Canadian Wildfowl Carving Championships is coming up. And last time I left some cards. Can you send me some more? I'm almost out. I think we can do that. He says this event starts on March 17th. We'll be posting a picture, by the way, of Mike's excellent great blue heron carving. And from Sammy H. in Midland, Texas, he says, I'm binge listening to all the Talking Birds episodes on my iPhone. I do quite a bit of traveling with my job every day and have thoroughly enjoyed listening. He says, I have a visit to the Birdwatcher's General Store on my list of places to visit. Mr. O'Connor is hilarious. I don't think he's ever been called Mr. O'Connor before. That's it. Uh, he says, I especially liked his April Fool's joke about draining the Cape Cod Canal. That was a good one. When you, when you get to the store, anybody gets there, ask Mike. He'll, uh, he'll give you that uh, story. So Sammy says, I was wondering if I could beg, borrow, or steal a Talking Birds patch for my birding bag. <laughs> I think we can accommodate that, too. He says, I'm going to High Island in April for migration and would like to do some advertising. I already have cards to give out. We'll do, Sammy, and thanks. And speaking of patches, stay tuned because the second annual Talking Birds Make Your Own Swag Contest, in which those patches play a major part, is coming soon. Well, to become a Talking Birds ambassador, we hope you will just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor, in our Let's Ask Mike segment about a pretty unusual bird that a customer of his sent into him or delivered to him. We'll talk about that. And up next, it's our featured Feathered Friend segment presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds 
and birding. Uh, by the way, in case you missed it on last week's show, our friend Jim McCoy was our in-studio guest, and we learned that among Jim's birding claims to fame is that he made the first ever Washington State sighting of this bird back in 2004. Hit the theme, boys. We begin today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend segment with a two-part question. Which species of North American songbird is found in both the eastern and western states, but is rare in both areas? And which, in proportion to its body size, regularly migrates farther even than the Arctic tern, which travels from the Arctic to the Antarctic and back again every year? That's a vocalization of this beautiful songbird, which in the male of the species has gray upper parts and a buff-colored throat with black wings and face mask. The female is pale brown above and buff below with dark brown wings. Both sexes have a white rump and a tail that's mostly white with a black inverted T pattern at the end of the tail. This bird was long thought to be the only North American representative of an old world genus in the thrush family, but it's now more commonly believed to be a kind of flycatcher. We'll reveal the identity of this bird in a moment, in case you haven't already figured it out. Members of this species breed in North America, among other places, and then head south for the winter. And yet we almost never see them in the lower 48. Why? Well, save for a few vagrants, like the one our friend Jim McCoy discovered in Washington State in 2004, virtually all of these birds spend the winter in... Sub-Saharan Africa. Our bird is the Northern Wheat Ear. The origin of that name is a story worth looking up, but for now we'll just say that it has nothing to do with wheat or ears. The Northern Wheat Ear, Anantha, Anantha. Today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 716. That website, we invite you to visit, TalkinBirds.com. Hope you'll follow us, too, on Facebook and Twitter at TalkinBirds. And I understand we're getting Instagram going again soon. We'll have more on that later. Meanwhile, a note here, if you're in Massachusetts or really anywhere in southern New England, we hope you'll join us next week. We'll be broadcasting our show live from the Mass Audubon Birders Meeting out there at the co- uh, the campus of the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's a big, amazing event. You can check out um, massaudubon.org for more about that. Uh, Meanwhile, up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Tanzania hosts more than a thousand bird species, and on safari with Nasera safaris, you'll see the birds and the big five. The lion, leopard, elephant, rhino, and cape buffalo. That's Nasera safaris founder and guide, Joseph Dunguru. And Nasera safaris provides more, says co-founder David Clapp. We offer customized safaris and mountain climbing adventures in Tanzania, Kenya, and Uganda, and guerrilla trekking in both Uganda and Rwanda. Going on safari in Africa is an unforgettable experience, and there's no better way to do it than with Nasera Safaris. 
See their website for details, nasarasafaris.com, N-A-S-E-R-A, Nasara Safaris. Our Mystery Bird Contest is here, and if you're not uh, hearing our Sunday morning show live, well, here's the way to do it. Just go online. You can go to TalkingBirds.com. You click on the Listen button there, and you can see how to listen to our show online, live, anywhere you are. And that live part, by the way, is Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Our Mystery Bird Contest is going this way in terms of what the bird is. Here's the sound of our bird. I guess we can guess the family of this bird pretty easily. It's uh, about a foot and a half long, this bird. It has a rounded head, a thick yellow-green bill, and a bulky, very dark brown body. Our bird could be said to lack focus and long-term commitment because it's a dabbler, feeding on things like seeds and roots and stems and aquatic plants and insects, crustaceans, mollusks, and some fish. Our bird breeds in Canada and northeastern parts of the U.S. and winters over most of the eastern half of the United States. A beautiful prize from Droll Yankees, the new generation 13-inch metal finch sock that combines the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal, holds a full pound of niger seed, also known as thistle seed. Plus, the bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. If you haven't been a winner here in six months on our Talking Birds show, you are eligible to uh, enter and perhaps win our Talking Birds Mystery Bird Contest. And don't forget that if no correct answer is received, a drawing will determine our winner, so give it a try. 781-837-4900 is the number. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor awaits on Cape Cod. It's Let's Ask Mike Live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Jerry Barrier, and I'm located in Watertown, Massachusetts. I would encourage other people to become Talking Birds ambassadors because it's a great way to spread the word about a wonderful program. It requires very little effort, and people really like it once they get a chance to listen to it. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. It's Mike O'Connor time. Let's ask Mike. With Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. It's raining here in the South Shore, but of course, I know it's sunny down there, right, Mike? Jim, right. It's always sunny, and and, and Mike O'Connor's over. It's Mr. O'Connor. Mr. O'Connor, I forgot. Yes, we're becoming yeah. a lot more formal yeah. now. Mr. About O'Connor. Sammy, I like him. I like. I like. Give me a title. I, it's about time for that. Sammy is very respectful. <laughs> well, he's from Texas. They're respectful. They yeah, are very, yeah. very much so. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Mike. What an we... unusual bird that's been reported to you, I think, from Steve from New Jersey. Right? It's not a I... melancholy mallard. It's not a melodious merlin. It's a uh, what is it? <laughs> a melanistic mocker. Whoa! That would be a yeah. mockingbird, right? Probably yeah. a. a right. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do an impressions. It's a mockingbird. <laughs> yeah, it was Steve came in last. I think last. 
what, Sunday maybe? You know, it was after I got the show, he came in and he brought in his phone. He goes, I got a picture I want to show you guys. And and that's very exciting for us because we all run over because it's usually, you know, it's a, some weird bird in the yard and we all run over and we go, oh, yeah, yep, that's an Oriole, you know, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much of excitement we have. But when he showed us this picture, it stopped us in our tracks. We're like, mm. whoa, yeah. because it's a great dark gray bird. Looks like a look like a cat bird, only with the yellow eyes of a mockingbird and the yeah. white wing patches yeah. of a mockingbird and that bad attitude of a mockingbird. <laughs> and so I said... I, so we, I, I looked at it. I showed it to Casey, my son, and then we, there was a couple of birders in there. We all gathered around, and yeah, it's a, a, a melanistic mockingbird. Now, melanism is what gives the birds colors, and sometimes birds lack that, and they become albinos or leucistic, which means they're white patches. We have a sparrow that comes around the store with a white head. It's uh, been around for years. We call them baldy because we're very creative. <laughs> and, and and But in this case, this bird is dark gray all over. So yeah. mockingbirds are traditionally light gray on the back and kind of white on the front. And this is dark gray all around. It's a really cool-looking bird, and I think all mockingbirds ought to jump on it because it's a, it's, a, it's a good look. But it's overproduction of melon, and... I know if you look online on the melanistic birds, you'll see some really cool birds. I saw one picture of a, field, uh, a pond of flamingos, all pink, 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 and, and mm-hmm. a black one standing wow. in the middle. And it's a really cool look of, that's going around. Yeah. Well, the BBC Earth's Dynasty series is featuring, uh, I don't know if this has been on the air yet or not. We could look it up. Uh, but they have a, a, a Pisces penguin uh, said to be the first all-black emperor penguin ever filmed. So, I gotta look uh, that up now. Now I got yeah. something else to do today. There you go. Add, add, <laughs> add that to the list, Mr. O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's a kind of a generic, genetic defect with the bird producers, and, and other creatures can do it too. Squirrels, notably, you see uh, black squirrels throughout the country, some in a few pockets, and it's just kind of a, a defect. But sometimes they can actually spread it a little bit if the recessive genes get passed on with the, the correct mates. Boy, but it's a, it's a cool-looking bird, so uh, um, that's all. You should put it on your Facebook page, Ray. Uh, it's up there. Let's see. What time is it? Nine? I believe it's up there right now. Oh, There's I'm going to go look at it. Yeah, and so yeah, so thanks to Steve from uh, from New Jersey, right? For, New Jersey, yeah. For, for that. Yeah, so I'm looking. I'm going to look for this Emperor Penguin story on a Dynasties. This is the first emperor, but apparently uh, this melanism has been seen in other penguin species, including king penguin, royal, a deli, Chin strap, gentoo, and macaroni penguins. That would be your melanistic macaroni. And your most delicious of all the penguins. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mike. All right, good talking. What's my name? I'm I'm sorry, Mr. O'Connor. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. (laughs) O'Connor. See you next week. Yeah, bye. Mr. Mike O'Connor there at the legendary Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Meanwhile, we're returning to the uh, mystery bird contest. This would be the bird we are trying to identify. The beautiful Droll Yankees metal finch sock feeder. You download or online access to the LarkWire app. Our prizes are a mystery bird about a foot and a half long, 
a rounded head, a thick yellow-green bill, and a bulky, very dark brown body. Our bird uh, feeds on things like seeds and roots and stems, aquatic plants, aquatic insects, crustaceans, mollusks, and some fish. Where to find it? Our bird breeds in Canada and northeastern parts of the U.S. and uh, over most of the eastern half of the U.S. in the wintertime. Wow, we have calls here from Portland, Maine, Denver, Colorado. Is it? No, Denver, Iowa. Denver, Iowa, which I think is our first... uh, call, and that would be uh, Chris in Denver, Iowa. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Ray. Great to hear from you. I've been to Iowa a few times, but I don't know Denver, Iowa. Where the heck is that? (laughs) It's in the northeast corner, north of Waterloo. Okay, north of Waterloo, so that would be also north of, uh, let me think, Cedar Rapids? Or is that? Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Trying to get my geography of Iowa uh, straight there. All right. Well, um, Chris, I believe you heard our clues and uh, heard the sound of our mystery bird, which you uh, say is what? I believe it may be the American black duck. That's right. Not just any old black duck, but the American black duck. Nicely done. Yes. That's the bird that's uh, not doing all that well, partly because of hybridizing with mallards, I guess, right? And and, uh, and disappearing a little bit. The American black duck absolutely right that's probably a lot of them in iowa uh, you have those um do you have those kind of prairie potholes where you are or is that a different far uh, away from that's more more in the north central area yeah the state yes mm-hmm. we don't have too many of them here all right well what we have here um uh, chris in addition to our contest we have a bonus uh, question here if you'd care to take a, a stab at it and if you get it right uh, we'll Try. We'll send you a fabulous prize from the Talking Birds Prize Closet. Uh, so this is a, um, um, it's uh, it's a. What do, I never can remember what this is called. A multiple choice that shouldn't be hard to remember, but for me, it is. All right, who said it? There are some birds that move their wings more swiftly when they lower them than when they raise them, and this is the case with doves and such birds. There are others which lower their wings more slowly than they raise them, and this is seen with crows and similar birds, and some, such as magpies, raise and lower their wings at the same speed. Who said it? Was it A, bird expert and famed field guide author David Sibley? B, bird study pioneer and legendary painter John James Audubon? C, the Renaissance inventor, painter, sculptor, and engineer Leonardo da Vinci? Or D, it was me, weren't you listening? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, those are your... uh, those are your choices there, Chris. What, what do you uh, what do you think? Uh, which one do you think uh, it is? A, a B, C, or, or D? I think it was you, Ray. You, did, <laughs> <laughs> no, was it you, Tim? It wasn't. Uh, well, it was. No, it no, was not me. me. No, no. Uh, it's kind of surprising. I thought it was a surprising answer. What what, what would be your answer, Tim? Uh, did you hear those those uh, choices? I think it's C. You think it's Leonardo da Vinci? Yes. Boy, no wonder you're, oh. the, you're the engineer of our <laughs> show. Yeah, Leonardo da Vinci is the one who uh, who said that in his uh, study of birds. So there you go. And I did say it, Chris. You were right about that. So you do win our bonus prize. And uh, <laughs> that was a very safe answer. You couldn't go wrong with that. That's pretty good. All right. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll send you a bonus prize and uh, those other prizes that we described as well. 
This is the first time I've gotten to listen to you live, because I'm usually on, in church on Sunday morning, uh-huh. and we have just way too much snow and wind today. Oh, my gosh. So you're you're in there and, and tuned in. Nice. Yes. Thank you, Chris. But I do listen to your podcast every week. Great to know. Thanks again. All right, that's Chris in Denver, Iowa. Uh, correctly identifying the American black duck as our mystery bird. It would appear that we're just about out of time here, Tim. Uh, just a reminder again, next week we'll be live from the Mass Audubon Birders Meeting on the campus of the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. And we'll be joined by special guest, award-winning birding author and poet Susan Edwards Richmond. That's it uh, on our show next, uh, uh, next uh, week. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, including senior producer Debbie Bleacher and new team members Freya McGregor, and Homa Sarabi Doné, and our engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Don't let winter's chill keep you indoors. Ocean State Bird Club is hosting lots of free winter walks to see magnificent harlequin ducks, razor bills, and maybe even a snowy owl. Visit our website at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org for more information and follow us on Facebook. If you become a member, you'll also get our quarterly newsletter, Ocean State Bird Club.